A reading from the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 6 through 22. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they wept aloud again. Oprah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or turn, turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, even if death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman said, is this Naomi? She said to them, Call me no longer Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for this story from the book of Ruth. We thank you for the precious gift of your word. Speak to us this morning, we ask, that we might hear your word to us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, it is in the name of Jesus, our Savior, that we pray. Amen. International Accompanist. That was the title I was taking on as I flew from John F. Kennedy Airport in New York to Bogota, Colombia. When I'd made previous international journeys, I'd taken on other titles like student or exchange student, visitor, tourist, delegate, pastor, or mission team member, but I'd never before assumed the title of international accompanist as I made such a trip. It felt like a new set of clothes that I was wearing for the first time. 
I was off to visit two predominantly Christian communities in the lush Choco region of Northwest Colombia. These communities were made up of Afro-Colombians who had lived in a remote jungle region for generations. They had received official state title to that land. But then Colombian military and paramilitary forces utilizing equipment provided through a U.S. military aid package had terrorized these communities off of their land. After being displaced, these communities of several thousand people lived for months in a soccer stadium in the surrounding vicinity in the city of Turbo. Health conditions were terrible. But then with the help of a Christian advocacy organization called Justicia y Paz, or Justice and Peace, these communities made a bold decision. They decided to return to their officially state-titled land. But rather than confront the forces that had displaced them with violence, instead they sought out international accompanists to join them in their resettlement. With international accompanists, they imagined they would have an international presence in their communities and an international set of eyes to report if violence took place. I'd learned about this accompaniment program from friends who had participated in it, and I heard in their stories a sense of the call of Christ for me at that time. Well, once I arrived in Bogota, I was told a staff member or volunteer from Justicia y Paz would accompany throughout the rest of my time in that country. I even had the name and phone number of the person who would be meeting me, Carolina, although I hadn't seen a photo of her before. As I went to baggage claim in Bogota to pick up my things, I wondered what would happen if Carolina was not there. I didn't know anyone else in Bogota, so my heart started to beat quickly as I walked outside and looked around for someone who might be Carolina. I saw taxis and other cars driving by, and then I heard a voice say, are you Matt? And I turned and saw a young Colombian woman standing in front of a small car, and she said to me, welcome to Colombia, and I knew it was. Carolina. She drove me to a volunteer's home who would house me for the next several days. Then Carolina accompanied me as we traveled by plane to Turbo and then took the roughly seven hour trip down a river, first by motorboat and then by canoe to these two remote communities. Here is Carolina to the left during a rest stop on the trip. And here she is in the top center standing in one of the canoes. There would be other times during the trip when my heart would beat quickly, like the day we arrived at the first community and learned paramilitary had been sighted the day before. This is a photo of the group from Justicia y Paz meeting to discuss that with Carolina on the right. There were a host of challenges to face in this new location, heat, humidity, animal noises throughout the night, and the bugs that seemed to descend some evenings like a cloud from the sky. There was lack of electricity and running water, but overall, in this journey to new lands and new people, I felt and believed I was safe. Why? Well, because I had an accompanist in Carolina. This is a photo of her traveling with me from the first community to the second that we visited. 
And here she is to the right at an assembly with members of the community. Throughout my time there, I had the company too of the communities I was visiting who provided warm hospitality. I had other staff and volunteers from Justicia y Paz. It is amazing how we can thrive even in new and challenging circumstances if we have loving accompaniments. Well, one of the most powerful statements of loving accompaniment in all of our scriptures are the very words uttered in today's passage from the book of Ruth, words that are uttered by Ruth to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God, and where you are buried, there I will be buried too. It's a promise not merely to accompany another for a month or even a year, but to accompany them for the entire length of the other's journey ahead. What a powerful promise of loving accompaniment those words from Ruth represent. Now, Ruth's words are especially pointed given the sacrifice and risk her promise to Naomi represents. Ruth was a Moabite. So for her to accompany Naomi, a native Judean, to her mother-in-law's former home in Bethlehem of Judah, that meant Ruth was likely to encounter not privilege there, but prejudice. From our scriptures and other ancient texts, we understand Moabites were generally shunned and looked down upon by the people of ancient Israel. Ruth could anticipate bias against her as an immigrant from Moab. She could anticipate social systems in Judah that would disadvantage Moabites. She could also anticipate economic hardship as Naomi was a widow and without any male members of her immediate household. Back in that time and place when only men could hold property for a widow to be left not only without her husband but without sons often meant you were economically destitute. That tough economic condition Ruth was joining with as she pledged to accompany Naomi. We can understand why Naomi's other daughter-in-law, Orpah, would go back to her family in Moab. And all this makes the statement of loving accompaniment uttered by Ruth ring in our ears like, well, a song from heaven. For Naomi, in her deep grief and loss, suddenly hears good news. We can almost picture her being lifted up from the ground. And while the promise of loving accompaniment Ruth makes doesn't undo Naomi's loss, it doesn't bring her husband or her sons back from the dead. It doesn't spare her from the dangerous journey she had before her. It does change her state dramatically. For after Ruth utters these words to Naomi, Naomi is no longer a woman traveling home bereft, poor, and alone, not with Ruth's statement. Now Naomi is traveling home still with all kinds of challenges and still holding that loss, but she travels with loving accompaniment, and that can make all the difference. 
When artists choose to depict the book of Ruth, they almost always hone in on this pledge of loving accompaniment Ruth makes to Naomi because of its drama. Here is one of the sculptures Chris Slatoff has made of Ruth, Naomi, and Orpah. This one with Naomi at the top and Ruth and Orpah underneath her. Ruth is on the left clinging to her mother-in-law. Orpah is on the right turning away. Here's how the artist Hequi imagined that moment. Orpah, the other daughter-in-law, is turning back towards Moab on the right, and Ruth and Naomi now intertwined as one head back to Naomi's former home on the left. There's a sense that they are now as one in this journey together, accompanying each other. These days of COVID-19 have highlighted for so many of us the power of accompaniment. On the one hand, you would think these days of social isolation would be bringing about a national epidemic of loneliness. And there are signs of an alarming rise in those suffering from depression. But when you compare studies on loneliness in the United States from before and after the pandemic hit, researchers from Johns Hopkins universities and other institutions have thus far not seen the sharp rise in loneliness you might expect. Why is that? Well, researchers note there are factors offsetting the physical isolation so many face, factors you might call accompaniments. On one hand, researchers note that we are all in this crisis together. There is a sense that each person who is facing physical and social isolation is doing so alongside other neighbors who are going through the same thing, others in their city, others in their country and world who are also facing these challenges. And that presents a kind of solidarity, a sense that we each have the accompaniment of others who are facing the same challenges. That can help ease a sense of loneliness. But researchers have noted, on the other hand, something even more powerful that's happened during these days of COVID-19. They've noted how people have been reaching out to each other and how that has offset loneliness. They cite specifically online religious services as a factor that has built solidarity and a sense of accompaniment between people in these days. But they also cite phone calls and Zoom meetings and people talking to one another from porch to porch that all of those intentional efforts to say to one another, I am with you, I am accompanying you. They help the other, they help us not feel so alone in the journey. It's amazing what you can endure if you have that sense of loving accompaniment in the journey. Now, let me be clear, those acts of solidarity, individual initiatives of reaching out to one another, they don't take away the extraordinary challenges of our time. They don't take away the 180,000 deaths that have taken place in this country from COVID-19. They don't give gainful employment to the millions who have lost jobs. They don't solve the issue of racism that we as a country are reckoning with right now. 
They don't solve the issue of our broken immigration system that has separated parents from their children that continues to keep families separated and that fails to recognize the ways United States foreign policy has and continues to contribute to economic conditions that then lead to migration. The deep sense of loss so many people feel, the loss of the way of life they knew before COVID-19, that's not magically solved by loving accompaniment. And accompaniment doesn't alone solve the problem that so many people in our country and around the world don't know personally, the love of Jesus Christ, that love that can sustain a person through good times and bad, through the toughest challenges ahead. But with all the challenges we face today, there's a world of difference, you see, between facing the challenges of our time alone and facing them with loving accompaniment. Accompaniment, it's crucial in all times, but especially in days of COVID-19. And so as Christians, this and every Sunday, we recall and savor the love of God shown in Jesus Christ. We remember that as Ruth pledged to accompany Naomi, so God has pledged to accompany God's people in good times and in bad, in highs and lows, times of settlement and times of migration, times when people have done great things and times when they have sinned. And that promise of God's accompaniment we hear throughout the Hebrew scriptures is finally incarnated in Jesus Christ, the living word, God with us. And after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, giving us that gift of God's accompaniment, even though our Savior ascended to heaven. We have, as Christians, the loving accompaniment of God revealed in Jesus Christ and present with us now by the power of the Holy Spirit. And with that, even in days of physical isolation, we have loving accompaniment. And more even than that, in addition to that, we have community with one another, a sense that we are different members of one body, united under that head in Jesus Christ. And with that loving accompaniment of God and of one another as the church, we can then reach out and show loving accompaniment to our neighbor, especially that neighbor in need. Accompanist. I was asked to take on that title again a little over a year ago. Josh Marmol, a member of Knox's immigration ministry team, had texted me and he asked if I would be available to head to the Adelanto detention facility with him to accompany a woman named Irma for a court hearing. Christy Van Nostren, our Presbytery's immigration coordinator, had alerted us to a woman who had a strong case for asylum and could use Knox's support. After making the long trip up from Honduras to the United States as part of the migrant caravan, Irma was now being held at the Adelanto Immigration Detention Facility, having accompanists present in the courtroom made a huge difference as to whether a judge might grant an asylum seeker the chance to live outside the detention facility as they pursued their case. Knowing that the Ericsons were graciously willing to host Irma, knowing Knox's immigration ministry team was willing to provide Irma other forms of support, Josh and I drove to Adelanto and thus began a journey of mutual 
accompaniments. As a congregation, we have now journeyed with Irma for over a year and we have discovered what Ruth surely discovered in choosing to accompany Naomi. The accompanist is blessed by that choice to accompany another. For the accompanist then has the gift of loving accompaniment too. And what a blessing Irma has been to those of us who have known her. What an inspiration. You'll get to hear her share her story in just a few minutes. May we, who have known the loving accompaniment of God, show loving accompaniment to one another as the church and to our neighbor, especially that neighbor in need. And we may just find we are blessed in return by loving accompaniments. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen.